Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. What a great time it is to be alive and to hold the highest and the best for all humanity. So many things are in turmoil in the world and we are here to bring the peace, to bring it. And in doing so, we are transformed. We are renewed. Yes, we are restored. Isn't it wonderful that... Being the change we'd like to see in the world, it is deeply healing and it's also beneficial. We get to serve the light and that's what we are, the light. So when we serve the light, we are serving ourselves. It can be no other way. Oh my goodness. I'm on fire. (laughs) This girl is on fire. All right, so let's start with a blessing and a prayer. So grateful to place my hand on my heart and to anchor into the love of God, into the joy of God, the peace of God, the omnipresent, omnipotent wisdom, intelligence that God is as our very lives. We are grateful and thankful to recognize It is the truth that we are interested in. We are placing our trust and faith in the truth, in the love, in that intelligence that God is. We are grateful that our coming together in this way is a blessing to everyone everywhere. We are consciously sharing the benefits with all, to have, give all to all. So we are cultivating that inner knowing and broadcasting the benefits to all. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Oh my goodness, yes. Okay, so this week, let us dive into chapter 27, section 4, which is entitled The Quiet Answer. I'm going to dive right in here. In quietness are all things answered, and is every problem quietly resolved? Now, when we're stressed and freaking out because of something that's going on, it seems hard to imagine that in quietness are all things answered, and is every problem quietly resolved. However, I know for myself that in the quietness, the answers come. The resolutions of the conflict come into my mind when I am quiet. Be still and know I am God. Be still and know I am part of God. Be still and know that the infinite intelligence that God is, is with me now and always. Be still and know. It's a spiritual practice that is 
deeply healing and nourishing. It's restorative. Okay. Continuing on here. In conflict, there can be no answer and no resolution, for its purpose is to make no re resolution possible and to ensure no answer will be plain. Okay, so let me just mention here that what Jesus talks about, about conflict, I've mentioned this many, many, many times, because in, in the text he says that all conflict arises when you say you want the peace of God, but you choose something else. All conflict arises from when you say, I want the peace of God, but then you don't choose it. If you don't choose it, if we don't choose it, then we are not willing to have the peace of God. We are not willing to make the effort to stop blocking the peace of God. Because when we are saying we'd like the peace of God and we're willing to hold it in our mind, we can have it. But how can we hold the peace of God in our mind and hold attack thoughts at the same time? It's not possible. In the Bible, it talks about you can't ride two horses in different directions at the same time. You have to pick a horse. And so the same is true here, that you either choose the peace of God or you choose the conflict. And it's a habit to choose the conflict, right? It's a habit. We can break that habit. I for sure know that, and I encourage you to give it your full attention because it is worth it to have the peace. It is so worth it. And you don't even, I didn't even understand how worth it it was to have the peace until I had the peace. Because I didn't believe that I could have the peace. I didn't believe it would work for me. I didn't believe I was entitled to miracles. And so I was not making the choice for peace. I didn't know it was my choice. I didn't understand that. But A Course in Miracles makes it plain. So let's just begin again here. In quietness are all things answered, and is every problem quietly resolved? In conflict, there can be no answer and no resolution. For conflict's purpose is to make no resolution possible and to ensure no answer will be plain. A problem set in conflict has no answer, for it is seen in different ways. And what would be an answer from one point of view is not an answer in another light. You are in conflict. Thus it must be clear you cannot answer anything at all. For conflict has no limited effects. So the conflict, when we are in conflict internally, we're going to experience it externally. It's that simple. And 
when we are not willing to see the truth of the situation, we have all of our opinions, judgments, perceptions, and projections. They're all going to bump up against each other, and there's going to be conflict. So the conflict is going to spray out over our entire life. Now it continues. Yet, if God gave an answer, there must be a way in which your problems are resolved, for what he wills already has been done. Thus it must be that time is not involved, and every problem can be answered now. This can be really disconcerting to wrap our mind around. That time is not involved and every problem can be answered now. So think about that beautiful prayer at the end of chapter 5 where it says, I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. And then it says, I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision. And when is the Holy Spirit going to undo the consequences of my wrong decision so I can be at peace? Now. Not in the future. Holy Spirit's not going to say, I think I can get to that on Friday. <laughs> it's funny even to think about it, right? So, yeah, I think I can get to that next month. Yeah, I'll have time for you next month. No. Because the Holy Spirit, which is our own holiness... It's not outside of us, right? Talking about that last week. The Holy Spirit is not outside of you. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent, omnipotent, and definitely not subject to time and space. Nor are we if we're willing to recognize it. I've healed so many things in the past by doing this work at the level of the mind. It's what I teach. It's one of the main principles in my Masterful Living program that we are moving out of feeling stuck in time and space, that we are awakening to our divinity and having a healing that transforms our belief system, which is a thing of the past. So... Time is not involved and every problem can be answered now. Yet it must also be that in your state of mind, solution is impossible. So when our state of mind is conflicted, solution is impossible. Why? Because uh, all conflict arises from saying you want the peace of God but choosing something else. If we want something other than the peace of God, That is the actual problem, that we want something other than the peace of God. And so every problem is this sense of separation from God made manifest in our experience, in our emotional body, physical body, circumstances, etc., so there is no separation. Of course, miracles teaches us all of our problems have been solved. But if we're choosing something other than the peace of God, we won't know it. We won't see it. 
because we are not interested in that. We are interested in having problems. Why? Well, there's a, a lot of reasons why people are interested in having problems. One of them is that it makes them feel awake or alive when they're distressed. Because the ego-identified person is actually sleepwalking. I was saying in Masterful Living the other day that uh, Michael Beckwith and Ricky Byers wrote a song. Maybe it was in I, it was one of my classes. I was saying that Ricky Byers and Michael Beckwith wrote a song, and one of the lyrics was, I was walking asleep, dreaming I was awake. I was walking asleep, dreaming I was awake. And this is what's true for many, many people. We fall asleep to the fact that our mind is the mind of God and we feel like victims. We feel like life is happening to us instead of what our true reality is. And so that's normal. It's part of our life experience, and we're waking up from that. And it does require us to realize that healing does not take time. It just doesn't. We like the idea sometimes that it takes time because we don't wish to make big shifts quickly. So we like for healing to take time. But it doesn't have to. I, I've seen physical things, emotional things, mental things, circumstantial things, financial things, all kinds of things heal so quickly because someone has changed their mind and they're holding it differently in their mind. And that's exciting. It's very exciting. Let's go on here. Thus it must be that time is not involved and every problem can be answered now. Yet it must also be that in your state of mind, solution is impossible. Therefore, God must have given you a way of reaching to another state of mind in which the answer is already there. Such is the holy instant. So, in our current state of mind, we can't find the way out of our state of mind, which is the trap that we're in. But there is another way, and that is the holy instant. Pray for a holy instant every day. Today's a holy instant day. I'm going to have a holy instant realization of truth that heals and transforms my life, my body, my heart, my mind, my situations and circumstances, my finances, my creativity, whatever it is you'd like to have healed, be willing to experience that holy instant. Now, when we imagine ourselves as guilty, shameful, bad, unlovable, wrong, then we are going to be reluctant to have that instantaneous transformation. 
it's become so popular now for people to see themselves as victims. We see it in leadership a lot where people are saying that they're the victims of things. And yet that's not how this world works. And if we are only willing to see it that way, we are going to be generating our suffering. So the holy instant is the answer. It is here in the holy instant that all your problems should be brought and left. Here they belong, for here their answer is. And where its answer is, a problem must be simple and be easily resolved. It must be pointless to attempt to solve a problem where the answer cannot be. Yet just as surely it must be resolved if it is brought to where the answer is. So instead of trying to figure things out, which is what I call pushing density, instead of laboring in vain by trying to figure things out and trying to understand them, trying to find a solution when we don't even know what the highest and best is, Instead of doing that, go to the one who knows, that higher Holy Spirit self. It is there that all of our problems should be brought and left. So I call it putting it on the altar. And the whole trick about putting things on the altar is not to take them off. We take them off the altar we put it on the altar, and if we don't get results in a short order, we think, ah, I've been abandoned by God. There's the proof. God doesn't care about me. I'm on my own, so I'm going to take this off the altar and start working on it, trying to solve it myself. Sometimes it takes tremendous, oh, concentration to not take it off the altar and keep affirming that's not my problem anymore that I gave that to God and I'm living in the holy instant I'm willing to have the highest and best shown to me known to me so that I can live in that now and forever I am so so willing Holy Spirit I give it to you and in the Song of Prayer, which is one of those addendums that there is to A Course in Miracles, talks about leaving it on the altar and not waiting for our answer the way we think it should be, but to leave it on the altar and let whatever's the highest and best be revealed. The thing is, is we think if it's not the way we want it, it's not good. But so often the way we want the answered prayer to come is actually not helpful to us. It's not good for us. It's actually just affirming the false idols, the distractions, and all the resistance and reluctance. So... This is a, 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 a new habit we're forming 
of learning to leave things on the altar, and isn't that what the development of trust is about? So we're developing the capacity to place our trust and faith in love, in God, in the Holy Spirit, in the holy instant. And for most of us, we've trained ourselves not to trust, so training ourselves to trust is a big deal. It's a big deal in the sense that it takes real attention, it takes great willingness, and it brings great results, remarkable results, unimaginable results. So let's continue on here, paragraph three now. Attempt to solve no problems but within the holy instance surety, for there the problem will be answered and resolved. Outside, there will be no solution, for there is no answer there that could be found. Nowhere outside a single simple question is ever asked. The world can only ask a double question. One with many answers can have no answers. None of them will do. It does not ask a question to be answered, but only to restate its point of view. Now, my personal practice is, in a sense, not to put my attention on the problem, not to go to spirit to solve my problem. But instead, if I feel like I have a problem, my view is the issue how I'm looking at things, how I'm holding things, what I think I need, all of that, there, those things are the issue, not the manifestation of those things. So let's say I have an issue of debt. The, the debt is a symbol of my lack of trust and faith. It's a symbol of my unforgiveness. So it's the debt is a symbol of my consciousness. So just trying to get the debt paid is not the answer. The answer is to shift my consciousness so that I remember I am prosperity, I am abundance. I am fully supported in the visible and the invisible because I have forgotten that if I'm in debt and I am trying to work on my own separate from all. And and I'm ta- I mean I of, of course I've had debts in my life, I had student loan, mortgage, things like that. Um, and credit card debt, but the student loan, the mortgage, those kinds of things don't didn't weigh on me. They don't weigh on me. Uh, but when I had outrageous credit card debt, that weighed on me. And I was trying to figure out how to solve it myself. But when I went to spirit, then I was guided and directed. I had to shift my consciousness in order to get out of that debt. And I did. 
And one of the things I learned was that unforgiveness is very much related to debt, onerous debt. So there's a difference between you've got a healthy relationship to debt in terms of your credit cards, your mortgage, your auto loan, those kinds of things. And you're making your payments, you're not worried, you're fine, you you have six months worth of payments saved up so that if something happened, you'd be fine, things like that. That's normal, healthy experience of debt because we live in a world where there are tax advantages, blah, 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 to not paying things off. But when we have onerous debt, where we're frightened, we're worried, we're being squeezed, that's when there's a sign it is a sign, it is a symbol that we have forgiveness work to do. We have things that we can do to shift our consciousness. And when we do that, the experience we're having in the world will change. I've done this work with so many people. I, I can remember people in Masterful Living that had onerous debt that was really cumbersome to them and through doing this work at the level of the mind, they were able to have miraculous results, even miraculous results that could be shocking, like uh, the IRS thinks you owe you know, tens of thousands of dollars. They do a reevaluation. They realize, no, they owe you money. I mean, I've worked with people that had those actual experiences. So... Never doubt the holy instant and the power of the holy instant. We are entitled to miracles now and forever. All right. Well, it's time for me to take a break. I am grateful to share this holy instant with you. Be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, quick announcements here. The Quantum Counseling Program with 16 A Course in Miracles teachers is going strong. It's beautiful. It's powerful. It's healing. I put some of the testimonials and a few clips from the uh, first class onto the registration page in case you're interested in sampling them. So it's powerofloveministry.net forward slash QC, QC for quantum counseling, powerofloveministry.net forward slash QC. That's our new website. And... You can uh, also find it through the events page and the homepage, places like that. Also coming up, I have a self-love workshop online, March 17th. Uh, Karen J. Gardner is doing another deep dive into accounts, uh, A Course of Miracles. That is on March 9th, six-hour class with her. She loves to do those deep dives, and boy, do people love to do them with her. And uh, in May, save the dates if you're interested in coming to my 
counseling training intensive. If you have an interest in this training, uh, uh, it's training part of my certification program to be a spiritual counselor, but it's for anyone. I've had accountants, lawyers, grandmothers, all kinds of people take it simply to increase their intuition, to just have personal healing. Uh, it's great for all of those things. And it's in person uh, for uh, just about a week starting May 18th. And I'm following that with a four-day program, How to Create and Lead Workshops That Make a Difference. So that's the thing is people feel so empowered by the counseling training intensive that they can jump right into. Maybe you'd like to be able to feel empowered to do a workshop. And we've got all kinds of crazy good early birds that just, I won't even explain them all now. So check out all the details at powerofloveministry.net. Okay. Onward and upward here. Attempt to solve no problems, but within the holy instance surety. Again, we're in chapter 27, section 4, the quiet answer, paragraph 3. So, again, we're brought to the place where trust is essential. Trust is essential. Paragraph four, all questions asked within this world are but a way of looking, not a question asked. So when we ask questions, it's saying our view has already been established. Our mind is not actually open to the answers. We just want to hear what we think we need to hear to confirm what we believe. So a question asked in hate cannot be answered because it it is an answer in itself. A double question asks and answers, both attesting the same thing in different form. The world asks but one question. It is this. Of these illusions, which of them is true? Which one establishes peace and offers joy? And which can bring escape from all of the pain of which this world is made? So those are the kinds of questions we ask when we're ego-identified. Of these illusions, which of them is true? Which ones establish peace and offer joy? We're looking for the answer in the world, remember? And which can bring escape from all of the pain of which this world is made? Those are the kinds of questions we ask when we're ego-identified, right? Whatever form the question takes, its purpose is the same. It asks but to establish that sin is real and answers in the form of preference. Which sin do you prefer? That is the one you should choose. The others are not true. What can the body get that you would want most of all? It is your servant and also your friend. But tell it what you want and it will serve you lovingly and well. And this is not a question. For it tells you what you want and where to go for it. 
It leaves no room to question its beliefs, except that what it states takes questions form. So it's, it's really worth investigating when we're asking questions. How do I solve this problem? Well, first of all, we're affirming that we have a problem, but all of our problems have already been solved. So if we're saying, how do I solve this problem, God, Holy Spirit, higher self, how do I solve this problem? We're actually affirming the problem. So this is something I teach all the time. Get out of the mindset of affirming the problem and that we are going to figure out how to solve the problem. Instead, be willing to see there is no problem. There's only love. There's only perfection. There's only joy. There's only what's real and what's true. And none of that is problematic. So it takes a great willingness to drop the perspective that we've got all these problems. So in the development of trust section, it talks about it takes great learning to recognize everything is helpful. And it does. That has been a life-changing practice for me to recognize when things are going off the rails, when it feels like there's problems, to say everything is helpful to me. Let me receive the help from it. The help is to, this. what's helpful? Helpful is waking up. Helpful is not necessarily getting dinner on the table in time or finding a parking spot or um, getting the rent paid. Although those are all things that are important to us and what's really we can make the most important is simply knowing the truth, seeing what God sees, seeing with divine vision, with God's vision, and making that a priority. And that's living in the, ho the holy instant. A pseudo-question has no answer. So if the question is, which sin do you prefer? That is the one that you should choose. The others are not true. What can the body get that you would want most of all? So one of the things we all get sidetracked with is, oh, I'd like my body to be fit. I'd like my body to be healthy. I'd like my body to be attractive in the ways that I think are attractive and that the world agrees are attractive. So what can the body get that you would want most of all? That's the ego question. And the spiritual question is, the body is not real. So the body is a tool for us to work at the level of our mind and to recognize that it's a symbol in the world and that having that beautiful body doesn't solve any problems. And even having the healthy body doesn't solve the problems because our mind is attached to the problems. And it's the way of seeing. 
So that's why for me, going back to the example of debting, I had all this debt. I worked hard to pay it off, and I did. Through a miraculous series of events, I got a wonderful opportunity to make a lot of money quickly um, helping someone that I love. And that what could be better than that? And so I paid off all my debt, but then because I didn't shift my consciousness, the debt came back tripled to get my attention, not to punish me, but to get my attention. Oh, girl, you haven't shifted your consciousness. You just paid off the debt. So it's, you can lose all the weight, but you might gain it back because you haven't shifted your consciousness. So that's why it's so important not to work at the level of form, which I call pushing density. It's really, really cool to be able to work at the level of the mind and see that, yes, the healing opportunity is now. It's not in the future. So going back to paragraph two here, thus it must be that time is not involved and every problem can be answered now. Yet it must also be that in your state of mind, solution is impossible. So we're looking for a change of the state of our mind so that solution can be possible. And that's what the holy instant offers us. A pseudo question has no answer. It dictates the answer even as it asks. Thus is all questioning within the world a form of propaganda for itself. Just as the body's witnesses are but the senses from within itself, so are the answers to the questions of the world contained within the questions that are asked. So that's what I was saying a little bit ago, that if we're asking to for help solving the problem, we're affirming that we believe in the problem. Instead of asking for help to solve the problem, could we be willing to recognize we actually have no problems? So for me, one of the ways I do that is to go to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I can see I've got a belief here that I have a problem. I have an attachment to seeing this as, an, as a problem. And I'm willing to give that up, and I'm willing to see what's real and what's true and what's holy and what the healing is now in this holy instant. I'm willing to give up trying to solve a problem that I have an attachment to. Just think about how hard it would be to solve a problem you have an attachment to. If we have an attachment to debt, to feeling not good enough, feeling like there's something wrong with us, feeling that we're lacking, that we're living in limitation, and if that we are very attached to that perspective, that view of ourselves and life, we're not going to easily, quickly have a healing because we have an attachment to the view that produces the experience that feels like a problem to us. 
We have an attachment to the experience, which is the result of the view that we have an attachment to. So rather than trying to figure any of it out, just going to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you know what's highest and best. I'd like to know what's highest and best too. And I'd like to clearly choose that at every turn. Please show me how. I am so very willing. Where answers represent the questions, they add nothing new and nothing has been learned. An honest question is a learning tool that asks for something that you do not know. So that's why I ask, what is the highest and best here? Show me the highest and best, most loving choice that's available to me here in this moment. That honest question does not set conditions for a response, but merely asks what the response should be. So that's what I'm saying, is show me what the highest and best choice would be. If I could see it, what would I see? What would I know? If I knew it, what would I know? And even if I can't discern it, I've really learned that I can just say, Holy Spirit, I'm interested in choosing the highest and best in this situation and transforming this conflict. So I'm going to choose peace right now. And please make it plain and clear where I'm not choosing peace so the conflict can resolve and dissolve permanently to the root cause so I never experience it again. I'm so, so willing to live in peace. Peace is what I'm interested in. I'm determined to see the path of peace is mine and that I am on it. Yes, yes. I'm willing to accept that everything is helpful. And so I am blessed right now, even though it might not feel like it. I'm still blessed and I'd like to recognize that I am blessed and share these blessings with everyone, everyone, everywhere. All right. <laughs> no one in a conflict state is free to ask this question for he does not want an honest answer where the conflict ends. So, Again, an honest question is a learning tool that asks for something you do not know. It does not set conditions for a response, but merely asks what the response should be. But no one in a conflict state is free to ask this question, for he does not want an honest answer where the conflict ends. Only within the holy instant can an honest question honestly be asked. And from the meaning of the question, does the meaningfulness of the answer come? Here is it possible to separate your wishes from the answer so it can be given you and also be received. The answer is provided everywhere, yet it is only here it can be heard. So that's the thing that is wonderful to understand is that when the answer is something we're welcoming, then that answer, it's omnipresent. And the activation for it is omnipotent, omnipresent. 
And so this is because of the holy instant, the timelessness of the now moment. So it's not a, a moment that we can miss and then, oh no, I'm stuck with this problem forever. So it's being willing in the, that moment to say, I'm calling for a holy instant right now. I am willing to recognize the truth. I'm interested in the truth. I'm willing to give up my painful perspective, my projections. I'm willing to say, I don't know what's the highest and best. I would like to know what's highest and best. I'm willing to know what's highest and best. And what's highest and best for me has to be the highest and best for everyone. What's the highest and best for someone that I perceive is my persecutor or my enemy has to be the highest and best for me. For years now, people have been so mad at different politicians and legislators and all kinds of different systems around the world, which of course I understand. And if we can recognize that our healing requires us to really be the answer we'd like to see in the world and stop investing in our perspective, our painful point of view, and instead, for those people that we don't like and that we'd like to see punished because we're thinking they're sinners, if we can give up that painful, painful perspective and instead pray for those who despitefully use us, instead make that higher choice to say, I don't know what anything is for, but this is my brother. This is my sister. And I'm going to pray for them to reveal the highest and best, to choose with their right mind, just as I wish people to pray for me to choose the highest and best from the right mind. And so we're moving into that place of turning the other cheek and offering something different, offering something healed and whole. And all of this happens at the level of the mind, and it, it comes in that holy instant of our willingness to go the other way, to choose love. All right. The answer is provided everywhere, yet it is only here in the holy instant that it can be heard. An honest answer asks no sacrifice because it answers questions truly asked. The quest so there's no sacrifice, there's nothing to give up, and that's one of the greatest fears that spiritual students have, that if they choose God for the most important thing in their life, that they're going to have to give up all kinds of things. And that's just in ego insanity. It's not even remotely true. It's My experience has been the complete opposite of that. I haven't had to give up anything, nothing, not one thing, <laughs> not one thing. Uh, the only things I've given up are the things that cause me pain and suffering, and I do not miss them at all. The questions of the world, but ask of whom is sacrifice demanded? 
asking not if sacrifice is meaningful at all. And so, unless the answer tells of whom it will remain unrecognized, unheard, and thus the question is preserved intact because it gave the answer to itself. The holy instant is the interval in which the mind is still enough to hear an answer that is not entailed within the question asked. The holy instant is the interval in which the mind is still enough to still enough to hear an answer that is not entailed within the question. It offers something new and different from the question. How could it be answered if it but repeats itself? So a lot of times our questions are like, how can I solve the problem? How can I get the money I need? And so we're in a closed system then. We don't see that there are alternatives because we think the only answer is to get the money now. But that might not be the highest and best. Therefore, attempt to solve no problems in a world from which the answer has been barred. But bring the problem to the only place that holds the answer lovingly for you. Here are the answers that will solve your problems because they stand apart from them. And see what can be answered, what the question is. Within the world, the answers merely raise another question, though they leave the first unanswered. In the holy instant, you can bring the question to the answer and receive the answer that was made for you. And that's the thing. Give all your problems to God. Stop trying to solve them. And instead, show me the way to choose the highest and best, most loving choice, most wise choice that brings the greatest benefit for all in every moment. And just keep putting everything on the altar and expect that you will be answered clearly directed. That is what I have found works for me. I put it on God. What am I to do here? What is the highest and best here? What am I to know here? I'm not going to God to try to solve my problems while affirming that my problems are real. It's a totally different way of living. And it's beautiful. And it's not painful. It's actually life-affirming. Oh my goodness, it's time for me to pray again. Let's place our hands on our hearts and be grateful and thankful for the love of God that is omni-active in our being. The Christ is within and we celebrate that now. We share the benefits with all and we let it be and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. Mwah.